So over the last couple of weeks, um, some things happen that have a certain segment of the population in our area incredibly happy. And I didn't even need to um, really know what the date was um, this week. There was a bunch of cars parked on the side of the building over here. And as I pulled up, I didn't need any reminders that school was finally done because it was written all over a number of cars. Yeah, school's out! Yay, freedom! A lot of seniors had that on their cars. Couldn't wait. Um, That's basically how I was. I I really admire people who love school because that was not me. And uh, I know it got down to the last couple months of school. I think every day I was looking out the window waiting for that bell to ring. And when it finally went off for the last time, it was like pandemonium in my heart. So I was out running around, playing ball, um, running around in the fields and in the woods. But then it occurred to me, um, as I got a little older, something that's connected to school that's really, really important. And I think I started to realize that more when I was in high school, getting a little closer, I started to think about these things. Then when I was in college, I got that much more aware of it. And then when I went through a time in my life when I really needed to, and it really came into sharp focus, to follow God, to understand what did it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ, when I really started focusing on that and thinking about that in my life, and I really started to walk more with him, I became acutely aware of it. Do you know what it is? Teachers, students, are you ready for it? School is always in session. There's always things to learn. And we're always learning, whether we're learning the right way or the wrong way. That's a truism. That's a reality. I mean, all you need to do is think about this. Do you know everything there is to know about God? Do you know everything there is to know about God and, and who he wants you to be? Any little room for improvement somewhere, somehow? See, see, school is always in session. And God wants us to be hungering and thirsting. Hungering for his word, thirsting for that living water. To have that be evident in our lives. That that's always where we're at. We're always trying to eat his bread, drink his water. And even when we're doing that, in our best moments, we need to understand we're just scratching the surface. God gives his word and his spirit so we continually eat and continually drink. And it's an incredible gift. I want to share some truth with you today about that. To go to a story in Scripture, Mark 8, verses 14 to 21. And there's two things in here that I would submit to you that God really wants us to chew on, things that are really important as it relates to being a follower of Jesus. 
So open up your hearts. Be ready. Listen. See what it is that you need to see Hear what it is you need to hear by reading uh, the Word of God. Mark 8, verses 14 to 21. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for the one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? This is the word of God might appear in our hearts, lived in our lives. A little trouble comprehending in this conversation, and for us to really get what's going on, I, I, a couple of things. Um, one, I want to encourage you, as I, as I do from time to time, to just get there. So I know you're in a sanctuary. I know it's raining outside, but get yourself in a boat with Jesus and with the disciples. Think about what's going on that day. And then we've got to back up a little bit. That'll help us to get to this conversation. To go back to verses 1 to 10 in chapter 8 and to see what happened, to understand Jesus refers to it in, in verses 18 to 21. He's speaking about feeding the 4,000. He mentions that. That had just happened. And I want you to think about that, and you think about the conversation. So, so Jesus had fed 4,000 with seven loaves. There were seven basketfuls left. He had just done this incredible miracle in their presence. Just hours, maybe even a little bit, maybe, maybe the, the day before. We're not really sure in terms of some of the, the dialogue that happens here and that's shared. But, but just happened. And I want you to think about that a minute. So just put yourself in that boat. If you had seen Jesus feed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread, where would your heart be? What would you be thinking about? Would you be stunned? Would you be awestruck at seeing that witness, that miracle? Wouldn't that be so cool? Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm there. Maybe some of you are really thinking about it. It's a stunning thing. They had just witnessed that. And then you go a little bit after that, after verse 10, verses 11 to 13, and what happens? So the Pharisees were there. They were always checking them out. They saw the miracle too. But, but this is what I, they go and they ask him a question and they want to test. They, they want a sign from Jesus. They're testing him. And, and I love what he says in, in verse 12. Uh, like, Come on, really? He, he says this. Why does this generation ask for a sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given. 
See, he knew what was going on in their hearts. He knew why they wanted a sign. They were already starting to get a little uncomfortable. They were the ones in power and control. And so when, when Jesus starts to do things, starts to steal some of their thunder, they're a little bit nervous. And yet they had saw the 4,002, right? And they're asking for a sign. They want him to prove his divinity. And it basically, I don't need to prove anything to you. And he gets in the boat. So those two things, feeding of the 4,000 and then this conversation that he has with the Pharisees just before he gets into the boat. And so now they're there. Are you there? So, so he's in the boat with the disciples, and they start to have a conversation. They're in there not too terribly long. You read in verse 14, tells a little bit about where the, the disciples' heads are at. They had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf. And so I'm picturing this scenario. I'm picturing them in the boat, and they're looking at the bread, and maybe they're having a little bit of conversation, maybe not. But then I see Jesus in the boat, and he's focused. He just had the conversation. He's immersed in thought. And what is he thinking about? I don't, what do you think he's thinking about? Well, clearly, it, it's evident by what it is that he says. He's, he's thinking about what it is that's going to happen. He's thinking about how his father is leading him in, in the things that he's been called to do. He's thinking about the disciples and knowing what it is that they're going to face, the challenges, the hardships. He's thinking about all of that, future, kingdom. And so while he's thinking about that, I just, just picture him, maybe he's in the front of the boat, looks back, and he says what he says in verse 15. Be careful, watch out. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. He's speaking his thoughts. He's always teaching. School was always in session for the disciples. He always wanted them to learn and to know. So that's where Jesus was at. Where were the disciples? Pretty clear. Verse 16, they talk about it a little bit. And they're wondering, did he say that? Because we only have one loaf of bread, we don't have any really anything to eat. Where does that indicate their heads and their hearts are at? Their stomach on their next meal. They were thinking and wondering about that, so much so that they were fixated in it. Jesus says something, and they totally miss it. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at that. He talks about the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod, and then they get bread out of that. How does that happen? I don't know. Well, maybe I do. Haven't you ever been um, in a conversation with someone or you're somewhere and you're thinking really deeply about something? Somebody says something to you and you completely miss it. Anybody ever have that happen? Or had that happen to somebody you're talking to? You say something and their response is, it just has nothing to do with what it is that you just said. So maybe we can relate to it. Clearly, though, they're, 
The point is their, their heads and their minds and their thoughts are, are not anywhere close to Jesus's. They're thinking about two radically different things in the moment. They both were there for the feeding of the 4,000. They both were there to hear the conversation of the, of the Pharisees, and yet they're at two radically different places. And there's a teachable moment in this for you and for me. See, no bread? Wrong answer. I just want you to think a little bit about you. You know, maybe we can give some understanding and grace to the, the disciples when we think about how it is that we function. See, I would submit to you that, that all around you, there's kingdom opportunities. All around you, there are things that God wants you to see, that he wants you to hear, because he wants you to be. So, so, so why does he, he say that to them? Because he wants them to learn. He, he wants them to know. He wants them to understand You know, as I think about that, and I think about living life, and I, and I think about sometimes how we get fixated on things, we get what we would call a one-tracked mind. I think that's incredibly true when we think about God, and we think about us and our lives. I would submit to you, again, not only so many kingdom opportunities and things around you, but so many things that God wants you to see, to, to, to hear, to learn, and yet, we're, we're just, we got this going on. And, and we're living our lives, right? And we're thinking about things. And we're, maybe we're thinking about our next meal. Maybe we're thinking about other things. And God is trying to say something to us. Maybe he's trying to yell at maybe whatever. And we just don't hear. We don't listen because our heads are not even there. And it's so critical. It's so important. Because what is life about, Really? If you're a follower of Jesus, you know the answer. Picking up our feet and walk with him, being in his presence, doing the things that he calls us to do and the things that he wants us to, to see, to hear, who it is that he wants us to be, a salt and light. So critical, so important. And yet sometimes we get fixated on, on one thing in particular or a couple of things, we totally miss it. Not too terribly long ago, I went through the 40 days of deeper prayer, something that our, our prayer team introduced. I remember uh, reading a story, a guy who wrote the book, Jim Maxim, he, he, he recounts this story. And he said he, he was taking a flight, it was a later flight, and he was always praying about opportunities and who it is that God wanted him to be. So he gets on the plane and he sits down and he realizes there's, there's nobody else on the plane. And, and all of a sudden, one guy gets on, and he walks down, and he sits a couple of rows in front of him. And, and he starts to pray, and he thinks, that's it. That's why I'm on this flight. I need to talk to that guy. I need to somehow open up a conversation. I need to, I need to talk to him about God. I need to somehow find a way to break the ice and then have a conversation. God wants me to talk to him. So he starts praying about it. And meanwhile, you know, the stewardess is going back and forth talking about things, all of that business. 
and he's, he's, he's just focused. And then all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees the stewardess. She comes and she asks him something and he looks up and her face is so sad. And in that moment, he gets it. I'm not on this flight for him. I'm on it for her. Remember that story? Maybe you went through that. See, even with God things, we can get it wrong. And he's fixed and he's focused and he realizes this is what God wants me to do. This is who he wants me to be. As he finally pays attention, he looks and he opens up the eyes of his heart. And that's why we need to be so alert. We need to be ready. And Jesus speaks truth about those two things, kingdom opportunities and having faith. And spoke a little bit about kingdom opportunities. But I want you to think about the faith part because here's, here's the reality. And if we're, we're so fixed on, on what it is that we have going on, the things, the one-track mind that we get ourselves on, whether it's a given day or life in general, and, and we're missing all of this stuff that God wants us to see, to hear, so we're not really who we need to be. And when we get that happening, it, we, we don't see it, and then we aren't challenged to the kingdom opportunity, and then we, we don't even exercise any faith in all of it, especially when we're fixed on a problem or a situation. We lose sight of the answer and the solution. We lose sight of who it is that God is. And so Jesus reminds them of that in this conversation. He realizes they missed it. And so then he says this. You pick it up at the end of, of verse 18. He, he chastises them and he rebukes them. And that is so important. I, you know, I see Jesus in this moment as being genuinely exasperated and frustrated, maybe even a little angry. And I would submit to you, you know, when you think about seeing and hearing and being, maybe that's true of how God wants to speak to us sometimes, even though we don't like it. You know, in this acculturated me-first world, it's really hard to rebuke and to chastise. But Jesus does. Do you see it? Do you still not understand? Are your hearts still hard? Don't you have eyes to see? and ears and then he says this don't you remember last part of verse 18 and then he gets into specifics he speaks about the feeding of the 5,000 and he asks them a very straightforward clear question five loaves for 5,000 how many baskets were left at this point I think the disciples are starting to get it a little bit maybe 12. And he says, look, I just fed the 4,000. Just fed them all. How many loaves? With seven. How many baskets were left? 
7. Faith. Do you still not understand? He's trying to help them to see what is. You just saw it in a visible and a real way. I fed 5,000, I fed 4,000. And you don't think that I can feed you 12. Really? See what he's saying to them? And I think that's one of the biggest um, downfalls in our lives as followers of Jesus and as bodies of Christ. We fail to see and to hear who it is that God really is. And you know, I really don't know sometimes what it takes for God to get us to hear. I, I know sometimes for me, I have a really thick head. And yet, again, I wonder about you and I wonder about us. You know, God, God always wants to teach, right? School is always in session. So what is it going to take for him to teach you to trust, to teach us to trust? What is it going to take? I don't know. What do you, so th- I want you to just focus on a particular problem, particular challenge that you have right now in your life, something that you're a little concerned about, something you're a little worried about. Maybe it has to do with bread. In your next meal. Maybe it has to do with something else. Where is your heart at in terms of trusting God? I think of the truth that he gives all throughout his word about who it is that he wants us to be. And we, we have the mission statement, winning people for Christ, equipping them to serve. Think about that for a moment in terms of focus. Your life, ours together, mission, purpose. Kingdom opportunities, seeing them, one thing he wants to chew on. And then Faith. And how those two things go together. Do you know the words of Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3, what's shared there, what's portrayed there? It's about running the race. And he says, and I love the, 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 the visual part of it. You're at the starting line, your life and your running. See the finish line? Some of us, it's a little bigger. And all along the way in this thing called life is we run and we race. And by the way, he wants you to run, not walk or crawl. And there's these obstacles and there's these things that happen and come into our lives that that are just problematic, right? Issues. You know what the passage is? Just throw them off. 
And, and sin that entangles us. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies, of course, right? Things that we do, the way that we show up, who it is that we be, the things that we say and the things that we do. And God says, I, I don't want you to get tangled up in that. I don't want you to throw it on. I want you to keep your eyes focused on me, the author and perfecter of your faith, and the one in whom you'll find the best life ever and run your best race. I want you to stay focused. I want you to to realize that. And I want you to trust me that you're going to be able to make it to the finish line and do well. Then other truths about discipline, too, and rebuking. See, because that's hard for us. I'd encourage you to look up Proverbs 12, 1, and then Proverbs 13, 24. And I thought about being a, a parent thought about my heavenly father, some of the things that I've went through. And I thought about being a parent. I had four kids. And one of the things that was so important, and it was really dicey, and it was hard to figure out, how do you let your kids learn lessons without too much hurt and pain? See, because you, if you always are answering, you're always doing everything for them, and they're never really learning about right choices and good decisions and, and what it means, I would submit to you, bottom line, following Jesus and learning more about him. You're really not doing them a whole lot of favors because sometime in point in time, they're going to be out of your, your area of control, and you're not going to be able to do that for them. So I always tried to figure that out. What are the lessons and what are the situations that I could let my kids learn Learn something that causes pain or hurt for them so they can grow from it. So they can be a different person. Why did I do that? I don't know. Why does God do it to us? Why do sometimes we spend some time in the school of hard knocks? Because school is always in session. He always wants us to learn and grow. Why? Because he loves us. That's it. He loves us. So you think about that as a parent, but then you think about it when the rule is reversed, when you're a child of God and your heavenly father wants you to learn, to grow, to be just like these guys in the boat. And then when he shares and he teaches them that that other thing would come along with it. Faith. See, God wants us to see differently. He wants us to hear differently because he wants us to think differently so that we will be different. I'm going to have a series in July called Citizens and Aliens. Citizens of heaven, aliens in this world. And he has given you grace to set you apart to be salt and light to see all of the opportunities 
Be ready. That's the challenge. Be ready. Be alert. Don't miss a one. And then have faith that he's given you everything that you need. Just by you being you and him being him. To meet every single challenge he brings your way. Every single one. So I'm sure he's asking the question. Do you understand? Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your word. I praise you for your truth. I praise you for the things that you, you lay before us so that we'll hear it and that we'll see it in life and, that, and then they will go and will be. And a Lord, that will live for you and that's all that's going to be important. And we'll do the things in life that we need to, to do. Lord, to, to walk through each day, to have clothes and food and Lord but we know that comes from your hand of grace but there's so many things that are so much more important than thinking about our next meal about things that we're focused on and that's the things that you are that's what leads to true life that's what leads to experiencing your presence powerful moments of your goodness of your grace of change, of transformation. So God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts, oh God, that are wide open to your leading. In your holy and your precious name we pray it. Amen.